0: All right, welcome back everybody to the first and 32 podcast. I'm normal. He's Josh and here we are again to talk about week four of the NFL season. Look forward to week five. Josh,
1: how are we doing? Great. Uh, can't believe it's already been four weeks. Uh, I wish this would slow down. I, w- I want football all year round. I, oh, I, think, we gotta, I think we need like a 30 week season.
0: Or we just like make the CFL like move into like the fully into the spring. And then, then maybe people will watch again. Who knows? You know,
1: I was originally against moving the schedule from 16 to 17 games just for like comparability reasons. And I feel like right. all the rec, all the records would get broken, but nah, I don't care. I want it. I love it.
0: We love football too much. They have a hook line and sinker, man. It doesn't, they could say they're going to like 18 games like tomorrow. And then we'd be fine.
1: No, I'm totally at their mercy. Oh yeah.
0: All right. We had another nice week of games. Um, I feel like less upsets, more predictable outcomes, but uh, I'm excited
1: to get into it. What about you? It was a good week of football. Um, I felt like, I feel like there's a lot to talk about here. Like we got to see Trey Lance. We got to see Justin Fields. Zach Wilson and Trevor had like solid games. So I'm excited to get into at least talking about the rookie quarterbacks here. Really big week for them.
0: Oh, absolutely. And we'll start like we always start with the Thursday night game, Jaguars and Bengals. Josh, what do you think after the Bengals came out on top?
1: The Jags let this game slip away. They had that 14-0 lead. They had the ball right at the end of halftime. Could have made a three-possession game. Instead, they got greedy, went for the touchdown, didn't get it, only made a two-possession game. Uh, Joe Burrow absolutely came out firing in the second half. But you know what? A lot of positives. With Jacksonville, obviously it sucks to see DJ Chark go down for the season, but man, Trevor was great. He was, he was That was by far his best game of the season. O-line really wasn't doing him a lot of favors, but uh, really encouraged with what I saw. With Burrow, great second half, but man, these guys really need to start games better. This was the same thing that happened week two when they lost to the Bears. They started slow, but then he picks it up, and it, it was too late in week two.
0: I totally agree with that last Bengals point, but I mean, Unlike years past where you would say that and you look, it's like, oh, no, they're 0-4, the 1-3. and, 4, 1 and They're 3-1. and 1. So, I mean, they have time to figure this out, but they can't keep doing this. I think you're correct. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I agree, played a great game. The stats probably don't show that. But, honestly, like they kind of got James Robinson going a little bit more this game, which was good. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't think that there was a chance that Jaguars are going to lose this game after the way they started. And, man, that got away from them quick.
1: Well, you surprised Urban Meyer tried to get greedy, go for that three possession game. I mean, what else do we expect out of that clown? Yeah, man.
0: We, can we, need, to talk, we need to stop and talk about Urban Meyer 1st let Let's a second. do it. Let's
1: do it. I feel like everybody else is. Why not us?
0: So, first of all, I've never heard of a non-fired coach not taking a team plane back from an away game.
1: Have you? I I don't think so. He said he wanted to spend time with the grandchildren, but uh, he was spending time with somebody else. Didn't look like a grandchild.
0: Yeah, that's just disappointing to see. Um, A guy who's not not a stranger to controversy. A lot of people think he faked his uh, illness to get out of Dodge in Ohio State where they had that whole controversy going going on with one of his assistants. It's kind of in line with with, um, uh, how he's been in the past. I will say this, the fact that he didn't get fired immediately is kind of a reflection of where the Jaguars are as a franchise. I feel like it should be like a zero tolerance thing. I'm very surprised he's still employed.
1: I have a new nickname for him. Did uh you might have saw it on Twitter. It's uh you Urban only
0: replied to every single person who tweeted about yeah. it with the same thing.
1: Yeah, uh, it's uh my new nickname is now uh, Urban Petrino, um, because this situation is eerily similar to Bobby Petrino with the Atlanta Falcons. And I hope for Trevor Lawrence's sake. He pulls a Bobby Petrino and he dips out halfway through the season.
0: Okay. I will say this though. You know how badly, like a year and a half ago, I wanted Urban Meyer on USC. I do not want him at all. Please. No.
1: Do you remember that NFL films, top 10 that said NFL coaches that belong in college? Yep. They really need to remake that episode.
0: <laughs> and it's just Urban Meyer 10 times.
1: And like, cause I remember Pete Carroll made that list. And obviously like that was a long time ago. Maybe- yeah. Carroll's first or second year with the Seahawks. Obviously, if they remade the list, he wouldn't be on there. But man, I gotta think Urban Myers probably number two after Bobby Petrino.
0: Yeah, I mean Jim Harbaugh would probably be number three on the list, probably unfairly. I feel like that was more of the fa- more of like the dysfunction of the 49ers at that point. But yeah, I mean Urban Myers hasn't looked good. 0 4. The dude's married too. He was at a bar where
1: there's a picture of him and his wife painted on the walls. Yeah, I mean. This isn't, believe it or not, this wasn't even the stupidest thing that the, that him and the Jaguars have done all offseason. Can we talk about, like, that Travis Etienne pick? Like, I think, personally, I think that was worse than whatever he did this past weekend. Well, I mean, at least that one
0: was, like, an actual football activity.
1: Yeah, this was a extracurricular
0: activity. And like you yeah. said, how are you hanging out with the grandkids at a bar? <laughs> Come I- on.
1: Come on yeah, man. I think I think he said if I saw in that press conference he was having dinner with his family and next door there was like some college bar and they were like oh yeah coach Meyer like come over and take pictures with all these people so I think his family left and he went over to the bar by himself but just not not a good decision. It's uh really not a good reflection on the Jaguars. I, I honestly there's no way he comes back next year. I think they'll he'll probably finish the season, but he'll be first coach fired, fired on Black Monday.
0: Yeah, uh I agree. I, I don't think he'll be fired. I think it'll be like mutually parting ways. Yeah, like that, like the ter- like the softer terminology. Um, but with the Bengals, where do you think their ceiling is? They're three and one. Um, I think they have a middle of the pack schedule going forward. Where do you see them in, like, the totality of the AFC?
1: Not as high as, like, their record would indicate right now. Maybe not as high as some other people are. Really don't like the defense. Really don't like the offensive line. Like, if they, now that Joe Mixon potentially has a high ankle sprain, I believe yeah. they said it could be. If he wasn't, he wasn't looking great in this game. If he can't run behind that offensive line, then there's no way Samaji Pirine or Chris Evans is going to be able to do anything. So, you're completely taking your running game out of it putting it all in Jill Burrow's hands. I mean, I don't know. I'm not holding out a lot of hope for these guys, to be honest. Yeah, I'm still
0: staying on track with my 9 and 8 prediction for them, around where I had them. Um, Enough to keep Zach Taylor's job, I think. Um, But, yeah, I do not think they'll keep it up at this pace, at least. Now, moving on to the Titans and the Jets game. OT finish. Zach Wilson gets the win. Josh, what do you think?
1: That's why that guy was the second overall pick. I absolutely love to see it. That touchdown, he threw to Corey Davis, Beautiful. got got outside the pocket, gives him that little signal, go deep. Throws an absolute dot between two defenders just draped all over Corey Davis. I mean, wow. He he has a special arm. He has his arm every bit as talented as Rodgers, Mahomes, Herbert, Josh Allen. This is just the beginning for the kid.
0: I I'm. Gonna, I must say, we were very wrong about him.
1: Like, very wrong. Well, I had him as my second. You know what? I came around on him near the draft. I had him as my second quarterback over Justin Fields. I
0: think it's also be- our our view on that pick was tainted by our love of Sam Darnold.
1: It probably was. I, I remember saying at the time in our draft episode, like Zach, love Zach Wilson. But when Panay Sewell is sitting there, it really would have made me question this and really he's Penny Sewells is such a special talent that maybe I would have rolled with Sam Darnold just just so I could have taken Penny Sewell second overall
0: yeah either way I mean it looks like the Jets have their guy Panthers seem to got a pretty good guy too so I mean it all works out in the end I guess it's got to escape Adam Gase and life is good um the Titans man they've been all over the place this year man it's just I don't really don't know what to say about them anymore. It's like, what do we really expect their ceiling to be at this point?
1: Well, you know, after we, I think we had both originally picked the the Titans to win this game last week. Then it kind of came out later in the week that AJ Brown and Julio were both out. So I kind of knew that after that, it was going to be a much closer game, but you know, the Titans D is, is atrocious. Uh, Caleb, Caleb Farley's not healthy. You need him back. You have no pass rush whatsoever.
0: Yeah. Also, I feel like I didn't think this would happen so sort of dramatically, but 49 pass attempts for Tannehill in a three-point game, that's too much. And yeah. it's, it's so weird because at the same time, Derek Henry gets 33 carries. So they're yeah. running a lot of plays. They're just not very effective.
1: Yeah, they just weren't efficient. And man, if you're not efficient on on against the Jets, but hey, you know what? Another takeaway, though, the Jets, d they look pretty solid.
0: Yeah, they were playing inspired ball, I'd say. Like besides Derrick Henry, because like limiting Derrick Henry to 157 yards, and I say limit in this case only because it's Derrick Henry on 33 carries is all you could really want.
1: Yeah, those Williams boys were absolutely flying on Sunday. Oh yeah, you're those those are,
0: those are your guys, man. You you're I, really the biggest fan of those two. I consider
1: myself the third brother in that family. Um, really,
0: <laughs> I mean. They probably think so too. They probably, they probably have their burners. They're probably following you. Let's be probably, but
1: yeah, Quinnen. you know what? He's up to three and a half sacks in four games. I'm still holding that hole for my defense player of the year prediction.
0: Well, I mean, even if he doesn't get it, he'll be your
1: pick next year too. Oh, he will be my pick till the end of time.
0: Oh, retired. Still. He'll come back like week four. Get it. Absolutely. Oh man. All right. (laughs) Moving on to the bears and the lions game. Um, this is more of a tale of the Lions being ineffective than the Bears being effective, in my opinion. But what do you see?
1: Yeah, the Lions were behind most of this game. But I thought we would have seen, because they were chasing so many points, I thought they were going to see more of DeAndre Swift through the air. Only four catches. But man, for God's sake, what are they doing on, on the ground? Jamal Williams has 14 yeah. carries. Swift only has eight carries on the ground enough with this. You need to get this, the ball in this guy's hands. He's a special, special talent. They need to give this guy an Austin Eckler, make him your Austin Eckler, make him your Alvin Kamara. Like really, if I was starting a franchise right now, I take any running back on my pick. I don't know about you. I'm taking Swift.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm there with you. I mean, before injury, I had Dobbins maybe slightly ahead, and before injury probably had acres slight like behind, but not that far behind. So I'm with you that he's a special talent. It's just unfortunate. He's in Detroit, man. Like they clearly don't either. Like this regime doesn't think as highly as the last one did of uh, Deandre Swift, but either way, man, if this continues, he's
1: got to get up out of there. And you saw, you know, Anthony Lynn before he was hired in with the chargers, he was thought of as like, you know, the running back whisper. And then, you know, you kind of saw him mess around with Austin Eckler. You saw him try to get Justin Jackson, uh, Joshua Kelly involved. Like he was never willing to give the keys over to Austin Eckler. And now Brandon Staley comes in and you see that they are giving the keys over to Austin Eckler here. So I, I, if it takes Anthony Lynn getting out of town for them to finally make this offense flow through Deandre Swift, do it.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know when that will be, unfortunately. Um, Elsewhere in this game, Jared Goff, his stats kind of look better than what I think his play indicated. He was very effective when he, when he got ineffective, I should say, when he got as they got closer to the goal line. Like, there's a lot of empty possession. They should have scored a lot more than 14 points um, on for the Bears' fields. He played better than the first game, but I would. Oh yeah, I, <laughs> I would hope. I would hope so. Yeah, that's why I said it like that. I was like, it's more of like a no duh but it still wasn't great and it was more of David Montgomery kind of saved the day, but now he's hurt. But uh, what'd you think about that?
1: Yeah, he was all right. I mean, Justin Fields was all right. They yeah. kind of, they, they, you know, I expected him to have a much better game. This lion's D is really not good. He relied really heavily on David Montgomery and then later Damian Williams, but uh not really encouraged with what I've seen with Just, Justin Fields so far. You understand week one, okay, fine. You're playing the Browns, but man, against Detroit, I, I, uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to hit the panic button. That's stupid. Not after two games, but yeah. I don't know. I don't, I really don't know. I don't know what to think of Justin Fields right now. See, I'm guessing that Nagy
0: will be gone after this year, but I mean, it is the bears, the McCaskey family. They don't really do shit the same as other franchises. They kind of give coaches longer leashes. I hope not. Cause I want to see fields in a different offense. That's probably more tailored to him before I really make any judgment on him, but I don't know when that will be. Well, that's enough of Lions-Bears talk, because I feel like we spent a weird amount of time on that. Uh, Colts and Dolphins happened. Uh, 27-17, the Colts went on the road. Josh, what do you think?
1: Uh, Not a lot to say here. I mean, it's good to see the Colts get their first win. Nice to see Jonathan Taylor finally break out. Uh, Was not happy to see Marlon Mack get 10 carries. I know what (laughs) those guys are trying to do. Remember how they said that they're, They're trying to trade him. Well, now they're trying to showcase him and up his trade value. Like, just don't worry about what the return for Marlon Mack is. Worry about winning some football games. Put the ball in Jonathan Taylor's hands. Don't worry about getting an extra round pick for Marlon Mack, okay? Um, (laughs) Miami's defense, wow. They've been very disappointing to say the least. One of the elite squads last year, you added Jalen Phillips in the draft. You added Javon Holland in the second round. And wow, not good. Um, These guys are really they're really disappointing me as a whole. They're a lot further away, I think, than we originally thought heading into this year.
0: I mean, Before I get into the Dolphins, I have a couple thoughts on that. How about your boy Naheem Austin Eckler Hines with the combined four touches for 11 yards?
1: Yeah, just just for our <laughs> listeners out there, just for our listeners out there, for some context behind that, I was told approximately maybe three weeks ago when Naheem Hines got his yeah. new contract that um, and it was a large contract. I believe it was more than Kareem Hunt, Chris Carson, and Austin Eckler. I brought up that point of why is he getting paid more than those three running backs? And I had a Colts fan come to me and say, he's every bit as good as Austin Eckler. They're identical players. And <laughs> I, honestly, I don't, even know how to re- I don't even know how to respond to a, like, let take that stupid. Like, what do you even say to a person like that?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's no response. I mean, I could tell that you were struggling a little bit reading that whole uh, discourse back and forth. Um looking at the Dolphins, I think poor game plan. Also in general, I think the Dolphins have done this a couple times where like they'll slowly build up and they'll flirt with the playoffs and then immediately disappoint. Like this yeah. is the first time this has happened. They go in these like three year cycles, like perpetually.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, we, we saw it with Tannehill.
0: Yeah. Like they'll, they'll have a year where they'll like either get the last wildcard spot or like they'll just miss it. They'll beat a couple really good teams. And the next year they fall flat on their face for this game. I thought they needed to establish the run. Um, your leading rusher, rusher, was Malcolm Brown with eight carries for 23 yards. So not great. I, I can see why you lost that game. I mean, this game was more 27-10-ish, kind of that uh that garbage time touchdown at the end. So, but overall, yeah, like like you said, good to see the Colts uh, get the W. But the Dolphins, they're in trouble.
1: Dolphins, Dolphins have been weird this season. Like I don't know why Malcolm Brown. I don't know why all of a sudden like they just took the ball out of Miles Gaskins hands. Like yeah. I think he had an almost five yards per carry heading into this game. I think he's by far their best running back. I think he's all right. I'm not saying he's great, but he's better than Malcolm Brown.
0: Well, he'll hear me out. Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers are better than Malcolm Brown. And Malcolm Brown got almost a third of the snaps with the Rams I, last year. I, I don't
1: get it. That guy must be bribing coaches.
0: Or well, he's just such a great guy.
1: Maybe. I yeah, can maybe. see it. He He's always
0: smiling. Maybe. <laughs> Moving on to. A very boring game uh browns and vikings 14 to 7 josh what were your takeaways from that one
1: really really disappointed in the browns i honestly thought heading into this season they had the potential to be the best team in the afc and uh i really expected them to just lay it on the vikings this past week and baker I, i you know that shoulder obviously must still be bothering him 15 for 33 155 yards but Wow, this was an ugly game for him. And uh, do you remember? I, I certainly remember. Do you remember that whole debate that Browns fans were saying uh, we wouldn't trade Baker one for one for Aaron Rodgers? Yes.
0: You remember that? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
1: I would like for I would like that conversation to be revisited. I bet there's a lot of deleted tweets out there right now.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, I thought. See, my whole thinking of this game was the Browns break it open early. Vikings get a couple garbage time touchdowns late, so. I started Jeff and Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. wasn't great for me, but yeah, the defense of the Browns finally showed up. I feel like they were disappointing up to this point. Um, yeah, I agree that the offense, Nick Chubb running ru- running well as per usual. Same with Hunt, but I feel like without this running game, like what would Mayfield really be?
1: I really don't know. I think you, I think this offense is so strong to the point where if you threw Case Keenum in there, I personally still think they're probably a playoff team yeah
0: i mean do you pay baker because like baker has to get paid soon uh how like uh, no
1: absolutely not i would not
0: well we're running into the same situation that like probably less so because the browns have less success than the rams that with golf, but we're running into the same situation we're like the, it's obviously the team and the coaching is propping up the quarterback but how good's
1: the quarterback we don't really know it it you know what they got to do something what the rams did go take your shot on I mean, who, I mean, right now, who's really out there? Aaron Rodgers, like, do you want, do you want to go after Deshaun Watson? I would I, say go, go do it.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, go figure what the uh, Dolphins are offering right now and just one up it or whatever that looks like. Like Browns fans,
1: Browns fans who are like notoriously some of the most defensive fans in the world. And like, you know, good on Browns fans, very loyal fan base. I, I, I really commend them. I really have a lot of respect for them. Even they're calling for, hey, Maybe we need to revisit this whole Case Keenum discussion. And can we pay? Can we pay Baker this offseason? In my opinion, hell no.
0: Yeah, there's no reason I, like a, a like a B level floor quarterback should be throwing for under 50 percent completion against a subpar defense. There's just no reason for that. So that really worries me. It's something to keep a look, uh, keep an eye on going forward. The Browns are three and one. They're seem more of like a paper tiger up to this point, but I mean, still a lot of football left.
1: Like with, in terms of contracts, Baker is the next man up in that draft class, but there's absolutely no way he'd get Josh Allen money. I, there's no way I would pay him 40 million a year. If Josh Allen's getting paid 40, Baker deserves like 20. Yeah, but that's not going to happen. Well, you know what? I, I don't know then. I, there's absolutely no way I'm giving that guy even 30 million. No chance.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's tough to say. I mean, if Andrew Bears is as good as everybody in Cleveland thinks you'll figure it out right uh moving forward from that big and andrew barry to uh the next game the football team went into atlanta nice little comeback late josh what'd you see
1: really nice games from heineke matt ryan really nice to see washington's offense get back on track here uh gibson had a great game on the gr- great day on the ground terry was a freak like usual um Defense left a lot to be, des- there's left a lot to be desired this entire season, Yeah, but, um, you know, the Falcons were, Falcons were sharp on offense. Matt Ryan had a great game, but still waiting on that Calvin Ridley breakout. I, I, I don't know when that's going to happen. I really thought like, you know, remember when Juju was putting up all those numbers with AB, right? Yeah. And then AB leaves all of a sudden defenses are paying more attention to, to, uh, to Juju and his numbers go to hell. Yeah. Is, that, is that what's happening at Calvin Ridley right now? Like, I, I don't get it.
0: Hard maybe on that one. I think it might be a little bit of this Falcons personnel is not blending well with what Arthur Smith's trying to do. Also, feels like Arthur Smith's kind of getting away from what made him the head coach in the first place. Like you're not seeing a lot of effective like running to set up the pass at all. They're abandoning it very quickly and just kind of relying on Matt Ryan, which is what like the last four coaching regimes in Atlanta have besides like a couple of years of Kyle Shanahan was there. So I mean Cordell Patterson's been a nice surprise, but like it's he's like the only like plus player consistently right now. So I don't really know what to think with the Falcons. And with all that said, they were still winning late into the fourth quarter before uh Heineke just threw up a threw up a prayer to scary Terry and he made it happen.
1: Oh well, I was gonna what do you what
0: is your uh what are your thoughts on Kyle Pitt so far?
1: I think he's been solid. I wasn't expecting I was expecting big things from him, but you know what? Like this falcon I didn't expect the Falcons offense to be this bad, to be honest with you, with the way Todd Gurley ran at the beginning of last season, he looked, yeah. he looked pretty solid. I thought, you know what? Okay. Mike Davis, he's solid running back. He filled in very well for McCaffrey this year. I really thought this running game would be a lot better than where it is in this offense as a whole. So no, my opinion on guys, hasn't, hasn't really changed. He's still, a, he's still, he's a unicorn. He's a once in a generation tight end. He's, He's going to be phenomenal. He's, his floor, I said, was Darren Waller. We've never seen a tight end like him. So no, not n- nothing to say really about Kyle Fitz. He, he's he's going to be great.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I was the more reluctant one. I think long-term, he'll be a great player. It's just hard to say. Like tight ends rarely produce year one and we're just seeing it again, which is unfortunate. I'm not any less high on him overall, but it'll take a little bit longer than originally anticipated. Uh, Moving on to the blowout of the day, Buffalo puts a forty burger, forty to nothing on the Texans. Josh, what'd you see?
1: Yeah, I was a little disappointed uh, with Davis Mills, um, to say the least. After what we saw Week Three Thursday Night Football, him, you know, he's picking apart that elite Carolina defense. I I didn't expect, obviously, Houston to win this game. I expected (laughs) a better showing than that what we saw, but you know what? the end of the day, I don't blame him. There's absolutely shockingly little talent on that offense. Buffalo has a great defense as well. So, you know what? Houston, we always say there's a few teams that need a quarterback, right? Detroit, Houston, Miami. Houston is still so long ways from being a, from being relevant. Whereas Miami, Detroit, you get them a quarterback, they're a playoff team. Houston, they're 4-12 and with Deshaun Watson. These guys have a very dark, long rebuild ahead of them.
0: I mean, if you look at the, like, if you look at the skill players, I know it's kind of the case of, like across the roster. It's just confusing. Like you have Mark Ingram, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay and Rex Burkhead all on the same backfield. Like what is up with that? And you have like, obviously Brandon Cooks is still good. Get that man out of there. Somebody please trade for him. And you have like Anthony Miller, Chris Conley. Which is, it's like rejects and like good teams, fourth wide receivers.
1: And you know, the problem was the lack of draft capital as well, you know.
0: The combination of the end of the bill, O'Brien era plus the reach, yeah, there's a whole other thing. Whole many, so many factors kind of go into the quick downfall of the Houston Texans. Like how what was it like two years ago? They're up like what 24-0 on the Chiefs in the playoffs, and like now look.
1: Well, see, this is this goes back to that whole Baker Aaron Rodgers conversation. We say when your team is ready to win. You take your shot and you go for it. You don't keep waiting. At some point, you have to take your shot. The Browns now, seriously, the, coming into the season, one of the best rosters in the entire NFL, top to bottom. And Browns fans are trying to tell me, no, Baker's our guy. We don't want Aaron Rodgers. Are you kidding me? You take your shot now. Why you still have Chubb. Why you still have Kareem Hunt, Miles Garrett, Odell Beckham, that elite offensive line, because it's not going to last a very long time. Windows in the NFL are so small.
0: Yeah, and the way contracts are written, when you trade for guys with big contracts, usually the majority of the cap hit in that year and usually the next year, stay with the original team. So it's a a good way to almost mimic the rookie, like the rookie deals with veterans because you're only paying a portion of their big deals. I mean, look at the Rams, for example. It's kind of like almost the same, like very similar situation where they believed they could get it done with golf and they got to the Super Bowl and then they couldn't all of a sudden. You put like, there's like probably a list of like 12 to 15 quarterbacks you could have put in that game and they would have done enough. And I I kind of see the Browns in the same spot, which I, I don't know where they, if
1: they'll do anything about it. But you know what? Hats off to the Rams. Hats off to Les Snead, Sean McVay. They thought, you know what? Let's take our shot. Let's go pay a King's ransom for Matthew Stafford. While we still have Cooper cup, Robert Woods, that elite defense, hats off to them. They're not yeah. waiting for, they're not waiting for the future, you know?
0: Didn't show this week, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree. Um, you gotta, the, like they said, the NFL is not for long, so you kind of got to go get it while you got it. Like you're, you're not going to draft this well, like in like a four or five year period again, like the, it's just a numbers game. You just won't, it just doesn't happen. So yeah, I agree. They kind of have to go and go and get their guy out there in Cleveland. Moving on to the Giants and the Saints, the uh, Giants kind of put a little nice little fourth quarter comeback together. Josh, what would you think?
1: Yeah, very very good game for Daniel Jones. This was no easy task. New Orleans has a very good defense. It's a close game, but you know what? Uh, I didn't like uh, the uses of Saquon Barkley on the ground once again. Thirteen carries on the ground. I, I, they obviously must be managing his workload. His knee is obviously still bothering him because. No excuses, for this guy if he's fully healthy to have under twenty carries a game. That's that's the way you're going to win football games.
0: Yeah, I agree with Sa- this point on Saquon there. Um, that his receiving performance kind of saved the optics of it all with the uh, with that touchdown and with the catch along down along the sideline. I'm. It is what it is at this point with Saquon. I feel like I don't know if it could change the series. What's required? Daniel Jones played pretty good, like very efficient, like. Very efficient, like 10 yards an attempt, 400 yards. Like, you can't ask much more from Daniel Jones. Um, but yeah, Kenny Galladay finally shows up. Kadarius Tony has yeah. a game with positive receiving yards. Because remember, he was like averaging a, like one catch for negative one yard a game before this.
1: Yeah, just a reminder everyone that's Urban Myers' boy right there.
0: <laughs> the guy he publicly said he wanted to draft. Who, Travis who, yeah.
1: who does that? Seriously. I don't know, man. Like, do you think the, jet, the Jets were going to, the Jets were like, yeah, I mean, we really wanted Trevor Lawrence uh, if he was there at number two, but, you know, we took Zach Wilson, but, you know, we also, the, we really you, wanted Trevor.
0: If you looked at the Jaguars, like, at that point, like, at the point where they're going to take that selection, the two places you think you're probably okay is running back and receiver, because receiver, like, you still have Chark, Chenault's in near two, like, you can, and you just Marvin Jones. You can make that happen. Like, so, you how are your choices down to a receiver who's kind of a gadgety player and a running back
1: who's also kind of gadgety? And yeah, if you're dead set on taking a wide receiver, you know, Rashad Bateman was still available.
0: Yeah, it's true. Well, I mean, he's been hurt, but yeah, I, I feel like his ceiling's a whole lot higher than Tony's. I feel like we could talk, make an entire episode on Urban Meyer. Maybe we might have. to. Maybe we will we, probably have.
1: have we probably have. To, we'll have to do that on Black Monday when he gets fired.
0: Just a whole hour of just talk about Urban Meyer is not very good. Oh, at times. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if an hour is enough. Right. It'll be condensed to an hour. The actual recording might be like four. We'll have to cut it up where our best parts are. Um, quickly for the Saints, Winston played all right. Kind of been a trend where the games where Winston has a lower statistical output of the ones that they win. So, this isn't it to ask anything more of him if they struggle? Marcus Callaway kind of showed up with the big playability for the first time this year. The Saints are kind of what I thought they would be at this point, kind of, kind of just there. They have a, they have enough good guys left over from the Drew Brees era that they won't be bad, but they're not going to be good enough.
1: I I think that they are overworking Alvin Kamara. I mean, he's getting twenty plus carries a game. He's never had that kind of work in his whole career. Yeah. It's always been. I don't know, eight to 10 carries on the ground, catch seven or eight balls a game. Not, not 20 carries a game. He's he's not a big guy. I, yeah. he's, he's going to get hurt.
0: I agree. And it's one of those things too, where it's like, if you find it fair enough, you want your best playmaker to have the ball 20 times a game, but why do they need to be carries? You know, he's explosive. He's elusive. Like get him out in the flats. Like, like all those like option routes that he used to make, so many defenses pay with like where you can have the break in or out after like kind of squaring up the linebacker coming out of, the, uh, out of the backfield, like those are this bread and butter. And I feel like these don't really go to it anymore.
1: And what I, I don't like is you remember, you know, in the Drew Brees years, how involved that second running back was on this team, Latavius yeah. Murray always had a lot of touches like, I believe this backup running back is Tony Jones Jr. And from what I've heard, he got glowing reviews out of camp. He's the, pretty much the reason they cut Latavius Murray. I understand he got hurt in this game, but um, he his usage all year, he's only been limited to a couple of touches a game. Latavius was getting, I mean, 10 touches a game. Tony Jones is barely getting two, three. So I would have liked yeah. to see them get back to that.
0: I have been surprised by that as well. I assume when Latavius got cut that like those 10 to 15, it's like, 10 to sometimes 15 carries would go to Tony Jones. And because I was hearing the same things with him pressing at camp, and I've been surprised as well by how little he's actually played. Uh, moving on to the Chiefs in Philly to play the Eagles. Um, she's kind of a get right game for them. Josh, what'd you see?
1: Yeah, it was a good game. Um, nice to see them get back on track. I love what they're doing on the ground with CEH here. Another 100 yard game getting back to that ground and pound Andy Reid, vintage Andy Reid style football um, with the Eagles up there. Their offense was solid. I mean, they're playing behind all game. Uh, Jalen hurts had to throw a lot, but he, he was good. He had, a, he had a good game. Devontae Smith had a big game, but uh, man, my biggest takeaway from this Eagles team is what is going on with Miles Sanders. I mean,
0: yeah.
1: Kenneth, Kenneth Gainwell is kind of slowly taking over that backfield.
0: I mean, quickly on the uh, Eagles, this is Hurts' probably second-best game of the year, depending how how you want to look at it. Once again, came against a horrible defense, first against Atlanta, then against the Chiefs. People kind of forget, just because the team overall is good, because their offense is so spectacular, that the defense is really not. Um, so I'm still not completely bought on Hurts, but he had a good game. I agree with Devonta Smith. He's been way more than I anticipated a year one. And it's nice to see Zach Hertz still, still making an impact in like year whatever he's in now. Like thir- um, like year 30. Yeah. Like, honestly, if you told me it was year nine, I would, I would like believe you. But like, I know he just plays old. Um, for the Chiefs, it was after those two straight losses, it's good to see them get back on track. Nice five touchdown performance from Mahomes. Uh, kind of just only threw it up to Tyreek. It was kind of their game plan. It was like, run the ball to CEH, play action deep to Tyreek. It was kind of the only thing they needed to do. And it worked. So, Hats off to them. They pull back to 500, looking to improve on that next week. And now moving on to the Panthers at Jerry World to play the Cowboys. What would you see, Josh?
1: Wow. This Cowboys offense is absolutely lethal. This was their second toughest test of the season after week one in Tampa Bay. But we saw their offensive line. We saw with Zach Martin back them dominate the Chargers and then Philly. But this was the real test against this elite Carolina D. And wow, they embarrassed him. Zeke went for 140 on the ground. Tony Pollard almost goes for 70. Yeah. Dak was absolutely flawless. Only attempted 22 passes, but four touchdowns. So, wow, they're still missing Lyle Collins. Everybody watch out for the Cowboys. Yeah, they, they really
0: turned it on in the third quarter. They really pulled away. They really, like, kind of like it was more of, like, enough of this. Like, we, we are better than you. We will win this game type of thing. I think the Cowboys have a great combination, but like the offense, like you said, and then an opportunistic defense, they make enough plays that they'll win you the game. Like Diggs has been a ball hawk so far this year and Parsons is really impressed so much so that J- that uh, Jalen Smith got cut. Um, yeah, like i am just been impressed with the Cowboys. Most of the time when I see them at three and one or even two and two it, this far into the year, I say just wait, they'll fall apart. I don't think there's a falling apart this year.
1: Yeah. And, you know, touching on Carolina a little bit here, man, this offense is really relying on CMC and I know he's your best player, but you know, you remember then that Texans game when he got hurt, we kind of saw that offense just kind of go to bed and that's against Houston. That's against Houston. If, if, you know, if you're missing your best player be missing against Houston.
0: Yeah. I will say shout out to the Canadian uh, Chubba Hubbard from the Oklahoma state Cowboys, I believe. Good to, good to see you starting. He, he's played all right so far, but I'm a big fan of his. Moving on to the first of two NFC West matchups this week. The Hawks were in Santa Clara squeaked if, weird game, but they t- take take the win against the 49ers what'd you what'd you think Josh?
1: I, I want to talk some Trey Lance here. That's what everyone oh. wants to hear. Let's give the sure. people what they let's give the people what they want to hear. Those same concerns we saw with Trey Lance in college were really at the forefront of this game. I mean, me and you both agreed that his accuracy, tom- sometimes in college was horrifying to the point where you look at this guy and you think, is-, is this guy even draftable, let alone third overall pick? And he, he missed a lot of throws. I understand, you know, jitters, it's his first start and everything, but like, he's either airmailing it, throwing it at guy's feet. And listen, you're playing Seattle. That's the worst defense. Well, worst defenses in football. It's only going to get harder from here on out, but you know what? It wasn't all bad. Showed off his showed off his elite legs. Um, I will say one thing: I do like in his game a lot better than I like in Justin Fields' game. He senses pressure very well, and I think he can make that decision to take off a lot sooner. He's not going to be sacked nearly as much as Justin Fields is.
0: Yeah, I think we saw why Kyle Shanahan has this fully made Lance the starter yet. Because as you as you said, like you see the explosiveness, you see the potential, but he's just not there yet. Like those numbers are pretty inflated by that long Debo uh, touchdown that was like on the biggest busted coverage I've seen. Yeah, I've, never, I've never seen anyone that wide open. Especially since he wasn't that far away from the line of scrimmage. He was only like 15 yards downfield and like 30 yards away from everybody else. Like it was bizarre to see. For the Seahawks, this was a classic Seahawks game where you have literally nothing going. Like Nothing. And then eventually they break through, make enough plays to win, because the 49ers offense was kind of, for a lot of the game, was kind of running in place. Um, Chris Carson did get banged up, though, so who knows if we might see a little bit more of Alex Collins going forward.
1: Yeah, I understand Rashad Penny's on IR might be coming off in a week or two. Hey, maybe he can live up to that first-round billing.
0: (laughs) One thing I'll always remember is how – because I remember the reaction to that pick was very negative – and then John Schneider leaked it to the media or to Schefter or Ratport, or somebody that after they picked Penny, another other GM called them to see if they could trade for Rashad Penny. I still can't believe he tried to sell it like that because I don't believe that for a second.
1: I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they took him over Nick Chubb, too, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Was that the same year? It was the same year.
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure that was the same year. Hey, 14-18. you know what? Yeah. I, you know what? I'm uh, personally a Rashad Penny fan. I stand by that draft pick. I'm that lone wolf because if you guys <laughs> remember before he went down with his injury, he looked amazing. Chris Carson kind of just emerged out of nowhere. He was a seventh round pick. He wasn't supposed to be this good. But Penny was not a bad pick.
0: Uh yeah, fair enough. Dude has potential. I I am a big uh, I do watch a weird amount of uh is it Mountain West football with San Diego State? So, like, I was aware of Rashad Penny and how good he was. I just thought where he got taken was a little bit rich for me, but fair enough. It's, it's, it's unfortunate how, how much he's been injured thus far, but I was just more joking around. Uh, moving forward to the other NFC West game, the Cardinals make a statement in L.A. against the Rams. Josh, what do you think?
1: I really thought the Rams were going to come in and lay it on these guys after what I saw from Arizona. Arizona, it seems like they play down to their competition. Like, I was thinking, if your offense looks average versus Jacksonville, what? Like you got your work cut out for you against the Rams. So I really was not expecting this.
0: Obviously, I watched this whole game, being the resident Rams fan of this podcast. Really good game plan from the Cardinals on offense. They've pinpointed the Rams' weakness, which is their third corner, David Long Jr., um, they were, they did a lot of things where they know they can manipulate formations to get him outside on either D hop or AJ green. And they continually picked on him. And besides that, like Kylie made some really nice plays converted two huge third and longs in the second quarter where they really broke that game open. Cause like after the first quarter, it seemed like, all right, the Rams seemed to be kind of in control of this game. And then the second quarter and the, obviously into the third, they really blew that thing open made a lot of key plays, you can tell that they were really prepared for this game. This one meant a lot for them. And for the Rams, on defense they just fell apart. I'll give but with what I just said about what the Cardinals did to attack them. They had no answer, even though they could everybody watching that game in person on T V, they could tell you what the Cardinals were doing. They were attacking David Long, but uh, the Rams on offense, Stafford was off. I didn't really see anything that the, the Cardinals were doing any different. It was more so Stafford was just missing throws. He was missing Cooper Cup. There was a touch, like an easy walk and touchdown. He threw at his feet. Um, and then they kind of got away from the running game really early. Henderson ran the ball really well, averaging over six yards a carry. You're only down like 21 to 10, and McVay decided he had to throw it for the rest of the game. I didn't necessarily agree, but great win for the Cardinals and the Rams all of a sudden look like they're in a must-win situation against Seattle next week.
1: I'm curious to hear your insight on what, you know, you, you obviously watch this game really intently. What's going on with DeAndre Hopkins' target distribution here? Why is A.J. Green and Rondell Moore, Max Williams, Christian Kirk, why are they getting as many targets? I think Cliff
0: Kingsbury's done a pretty good job this year. I don't know how much this might be Kyler, actually, more than Cliff, but they're using Hopkins to set up Routes for other guys because they kind of know how defenses react, whether it's man or zone. If it's a man, you roll a safety. If it's zone, guys kind of more, they kind of roll to um, Hopkins' side. So yes, he's good. So he's still going to make his plays, but it's less plays now because they know how to utilize the other guys off of it in single coverage, much more favorable matchups. And like when Kyler's like with the deadly actions he's uh, had so far this year, taking advantage of it. And uh, on the ground, actually, the uh, Cardinals kind of got it going too, which was surprising because up to this point, the uh, Rams' run defense had been a bright spot, and James Conner had two touchdowns. Chase Edmonds had 10 yards a carry. It was, it was a clinic on offense for the Cardinals, and they got to 4-0. I, it does bring up the question, though, where do you think the Cardinals rank in the NFC going forward as compared to what you thought going into the year?
1: I still like the Rams. I'm going to put the Cardinals second in this division. Um, just because the Seahawks defense is so atrocious and the 49ers defense is really letting them down and honestly like I just have no faith in Garoppolo and I don't have a ton of faith in Trey Lance at least as a rookie. So I'd put him second in division probably still below Tampa Bay, right Probably on par with probably Green Bay, I would say.
0: Yeah, I think it's an accurate spot. I it's one of those things like we're like maybe not to this level we've seen the Cardinals look good at early in the year. I like to see this level of play sustained. There was a lot of other like like emotional factors in this game too that I feel like a lot of not a lot of people have looked at. The Rams had beaten the Cardinals eight straight times, so this was a big game for them to win. The Rams had just come off that emotional win against Tampa Bay the week before, so like it's normal for a letdown. Obviously, the Cardinals took advantage of it in a big way, a bigger way than even the most optimistic Cardinals fan would have expected. But uh, I like to see this play this level of play carry it on for a longer period of time before I decide to crown them like the number one team in the NFC.
1: One thing though, I am skeptical with the Cardinals. I think their defense is punching a little above their weight. I do like their, I do like their front seven, but I don't like their secondary. I think their secondary is definitely punching above their weight.
0: Yeah. Their run defense is still suspect. And I agree. I feel like, yes, I think the biggest thing that I'm going for them is they're fast right now so they're kind of they're flying around the field i feel like enough tape once there's enough tape on them you'll see some of these better offensive coordinators head coaches kind of start taking advantage of their speed with some misdirection stuff the double moves kind of those like second level progression that you kind of need to see the team first before you can start dialing those things up uh moving on to i watched i I kept an eye on this game i was wasn't really that entertained packers Steelers, josh what did you see from that game
1: uh, I saw what I saw the week prior from the Steelers. Ben is looking was washed as ever. Another kind of so-so game from Najee on the ground, just 15 of 62. And it's kind of Packers below average run D in my opinion. I really thought this would have been maybe a blow up spot for him. But if it hasn't happened yet, I just don't see it happening behind this offensive line, to be honest. Like these guys have a dilemma. They's, you needed quarterback, yeah. but you need an offensive line. So do you draft a quarterback and put him in a Sam Darnold type situation, or do you invest your draft capital in offensive line and just try to go acquire a quarterback? Like I, I don't know what the solution is here for the, for the Steelers.
0: Do they have their first round pick this year? Is, is it
1: I, not the Dolphins? No, I believe it's theirs.
0: Oh, okay, I wasn't sure with the Minka trade whether or not they still owed a pick to the Dolphins or not. I agree. Ben did not look good, and for how bad the Steelers looked on offense like that blocked field goal was not offsides. Like you can tell me whatever you want. Like that was a clean play. So I think the seals kind of got, uh got ripped off there. Um, So this, that game would have been a lot different going into halftime, had that stud. Yeah. That aligns an issue. I don't, I don't think it's nausea. I don't think a lot. Anybody thinks it's really nausea's fault, but good on big Ben for getting his 400 touchdown though. That's one good thing I came out of this game for them.
1: You know, I'm, I'm curious, like what, what, if you're the Steelers GM, do you, what do you do? Do you go and get a quarterback or do you invest your capital in the offensive line? Like, do you do what the Cowboys did? And granted the Cowboys had Tony Romo when they were doing this, but do you go and you just like build up your own line, spend how many years in the draft beefing up your own line? And then you feel like, Hey, we can throw any quarterback in there. Or do you go and put high draft capital in a QB and maybe risk having him in a Sam Darnold situation?
0: Honestly, it depends on how much you believe in those Aaron Rodgers rumors. Uh, going to Pittsburgh because if there's actually credence to that then you go all out on the o-line free agency the draft you do whatever you can to make that thing better because you know that what like then you like you can whether it's a second or third round you can draft another wide receiver and come back and then all of a sudden you see Najee become more effective in the pass game in the run game with with A-Rod in the fold obviously it's a lot of projecting that A-Rod ends up on the Steelers next year but it kind of just depends on how the offseason unfolds. Like, it, it might be another year of will he, won't he, with Pack, with uh, Rodgers going back to the Packers or not. Um, it kind of depends on who's available. Because ideally, I feel like this team is ready with that defense for a veteran quarterback if you can remake that O-line in a hurry. But it doesn't always shake out that cleanly. And moving on now to the battle of – I guess the Ravens were undefeated. That's my bad. The Ravens were visiting the undefeated Broncos and they came out with a pretty decisive win. Josh, what do you think?
1: Yeah, Ravens kind of pulled away after Teddy's injury. I kind of knew as soon as that, I kind of knew Broncos didn't have much of a chance with Drew Locke. Um, I've never been a big Drew Locke fan. I think a healthy Teddy, this is a much closer game. That was a real nice game for Lamar. This is a very elite Broncos D, and it's really nice. You know, he's really lacking pass catchers and his running game. I think Latavius Murray have he was their leading rusher. I think I believe he had 18 carries on the ground with barely above a three yards per carry, so he wasn't doing him much favors. But really impressive Lamar as a passer in this game. Yeah,
0: I agree. Um, I wasn't too. I didn't really think the Broncos' record was a reflection of the quality of their team. Their three victories are like well, up until this game had a combined zero wins, so that kind of t- kind of tells you a lot. I do agree. This game would have been closer. Like I don't know. I feel like the Ravens might have kept a foot on the gas for longer had uh, Teddy stayed in, and you'd think they'd score more than seven points. Um, like you said, Lamar played played well. I think the biggest story of this game was after the game. Vic Fangio wasn't too happy with the Ravens running the ball. I I, I didn't really. I feel like I didn't read enough up on this. Do you know what happened? Yeah, so like to my knowledge, was I guess the Ravens have had a streak, like pretty long streak of having a hundred yards rushing as a team. And they were like four yards away, and then Fangio was not happy that they ran the ball. And then Harbaugh responded saying that you're down 16, why are you still trying to score with like 10 seconds left? It was very confusing. It was very petty and pretty unnecessary. But Vic Fangio, it was kind of a weird, weird weird place to put your foot down and get mad, but
1: I mean, you know what? If if that is indeed the story, and instead of kneeing it, they they did try to go for you know, extra rushing yards. I don't disagree with Vic Fangio to be completely honest. Hey, call me old school, call me a purist, whatever. But I mean, it's not really necessary. I mean, you don't like to embarrass people like that.
0: Right. Well, my, my whole thing is like to go through a lot of thinking. The easiest way to stop them is to stop them. You know what I mean? Like <sighs> prevent them like stuff them on that rushing attempt like like kind of like give them the middle finger of that situation if you don't agree with it like that's you know
1: you can't that, go halfway that, with that, it. that that's fair but you know what the, the, the game was over just have a little bit of respect for your opponents come on
0: but fair enough i feel like either way like no matter what side of the coin you land on this i don't really fault you i don't really i think it's kind of a non-story i mean it it was like a four yard rush play like it's pretty inconsequential like it's it's an extensive garbage time and i i feel like no nobody's really paying attention to the game at that point but Either way, I'm not really mad or
1: upset. Or... You know what? There's some there's some bad karma coming the Ravens' way. There's even more bad karma than three running backs here in their ACLs. Like are, say, yeah. I feel
0: like they are gotten their yeah, karma you know, Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, you know what? Stop doing dumb shit like this, and then maybe some good karma will come your way. But you know what? It's the same thing that happens with the Titans last year when they were celebrating on their logo and everything. Yeah. I have a feeling like, uh, yeah, it's not going to age well for the Ravens.
0: Well, I guess we'll see. Watch out brave watch out baltimore josh has you on karma watch um moving on to maybe the most anticipated regular season game in nfl history the bucks tom brady's return to foxborough josh what'd you see
1: what a curveball this this threw me like i thought okay it's an anticipated game but the bucks are going to beat him by 30 but wow what the hell happened I thought Tampa was absolutely going to lay it on Mac Jones and make his day miserable. You know, they took Damian Harris out of the equation. He had like minus four rushing yards. So, you know, <laughs> Mac, Mac, hey, you know what? Credit where credit is due. Mac Jones had a very good game.
0: Yeah, I agree. I was very pleasantly surprised. If you told me ahead of time that their team rushing total would be negative one, that like they would have lost by like 30 and Mac Jones would have thrown like four interceptions. I, I thought he was efficient, you know, obviously his like intended air yards are down, but that's kind of within the Patriots offense anyway. And they're he, he moved them down the field when they needed to at the end of the game. It's just the GOAT made the play. And then they, Nick Full missed a field goal as well. That's also pretty important. But I think that's a pretty pleasant, pleasant, or a good sign, I should say, moving forward for the Patriots fans on Mac Jones. Because up to this point, I wasn't really convinced.
1: I'm still not convinced. I'll tell you why. Okay. There was an out route he threw to the sidelines. Receiver had separation. There was such little velocity on that ball that the corner was able to almost come back and jump the route and take that for six. But I think he ended up getting a hand on it. Like you, you see, you see when the ball comes out of Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Zach Wilson, Josh Allen's hands, it comes out of there like an absolute missile. And wow, his his lack of velocity on the ball is so concerning. I, I, I honestly can't believe this guy was a first round pick. It's actually ridiculous.
0: Well, I mean, if Kyle Shannon had, had his way, according to reports, he could have been as high as number three. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, if he keeps making those mistakes going forward and like repeatedly, then I'll be, I'll be more concerned about that. But right now, I think it's still early. He's allowed to make mistakes. They, they, Nobody really gave him a shot in this game. The fact that like he gave him a chance to take the lead late—that's all you could really ask for in this spot, no?
1: I, you know, I get that, but this wasn't even a mistake. Like, this is just like a lack of just a lack of arm talent, and like you don't gain arm talent as you get older. Like, you know, it's not something right. you can learn. Either you have it or you don't. Trey Lance has arm talent. Zach Wilson has arm talent. Trevor Lawrence has arm talent. Justin Fields has arm talent. This guy doesn't. I I. I don't know. I don't. If if he played at any other school besides Alabama, answer this. Is he a first round pick?
0: I don't know. But at the same breath, that Carson Wentz doesn't exist as Trey Lance, a first round pick.
1: It's also a fair point. And Josh Allen as well. He's another another small school guy.
0: If you start making those like contingencies, man, it goes too far. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. I think the one thing I've learned more so than anything about Mac Jones, I think you're right. The jury's still out. This was a positive sign, I thought, overall. But for how much money the Pats spent on offense, it really gave them nothing.
1: Yeah, and we talked about this. Like, yeah, you went on spend, but who did you spend on? Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. Uh, Johnny Smith's been a huge disappointment so far. We're big Johnny
0: Smith fans, and and I've been thoroughly disappointed. Hunter
1: Hunter Henry is solid, but, man, like, you didn't go on and get, like, a – Alpha, number one receiver. I'm not not trying to say Will Fuller is one, but he goes and signs, I believe, like a one-year $10 million contract with the Dolphins. Like, what are you guys thinking?
0: Oh, yeah, especially since Will Fuller, Galladay, Juju, Watkins, I think that's it, all signed for less than Kendrick Bourne did. Like, I feel like they really jumped the gun. Like, I don't know if Bill Belichick read it wrong or whatnot, but so far the reviews have not been positive for the skill position players, and I feel like that's another reason why I give more credit to Mac Jones for what he does because I feel like it's more him. But yeah,
1: like J- Jacoby Myers is their is their top receiver. I like him; he's a, he's a good player. But and you could have um, spent forty million dollar in for agency, and exactly, he would still exa- in your number exactly. one receiver. Exactly. You could have you could have gone with Will Fuller. Jacoby brought obviously had Jacoby Myers brought in Will Fuller, and even just go Hunter Henry instead of Johnny Smith.
0: Yeah, it's it was it was questionable strategy then. Um, I feel like their defensive guys have done more like. Jalen Mills has surprised me, I think. Um, and then Matt Judon's played pretty pretty well up to this point. But yeah, offensively, that free agency class has not paid off so far. The
1: one last thing about Johnny here is that, you know, we we saw the Titans really underutilize him, at least we thought. And Belichick's always been a Johnny fan. He had made a mm-hmm. lot of comments saying, oh, he's, you know, the best tight end in the league after the catch. I thought, oh yeah. man, he's going to come in and he's going to absolutely, he's going to eat under Belichick. But I'm pretty sure his Percentage of uh, routes run is lower than Hunter Henry's, and yeah. blocking blocking's not really Jonu's game. That's more Hunter Henry's game. Jonu's a receiver. Yeah, so their, their roles are
0: kind of reversed to what we really thought. Because yeah, yeah. Jonu's been in line more than Hunter Henry is, but mm-hmm. like you said, that's not Jonu's game at all. He's more of like a Darren Waller light than he is a Tyler Higby. That I know, a, I know it's a weird comp. That's like the best I could come up with. It's- on the spot um moving on to the monday night game very impressed with justin herbert again nice nice especially in the first half um the raiders were in town obviously the the silver and black showed up in la but uh the chargers come out on top what josh what'd you see
1: i felt the chargers let these guys hang around too much They their, their execution was not great was like but you know what i was very really impressed with the chargers on defense they were in cars face all game Bosa absolutely embarrassed Alex Leatherwood, their first-round pick.
0: Yeah. Oh, agreed. I think the Chargers at this point are a much better team. They're clicking. But at the same time, you still see those signs of the old Chargers where they try to lose the game.
1: I know. That's what, ev- that's what everyone on Twitter is saying. It's like, oh, it's the same old Chargers.
0: It's, I don't know. I feel like, like last year, would you have been surprised they took, if they took a game from the Chiefs? No, because they almost did. I think Brandon Staley is a much better coach than Thiele, and I don't think that's close. He's probably favorite for uh, coach of the year right now. But I feel like it's like Herbert and Staley really carrying this team despite itself. Yeah,
1: and you know, what quiet games from from the receivers, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Um, this is a very very weak Raiders secondary. I, I expected them to just absolutely go nuclear on these guys, but I, yeah. I, I was I was happy to see. Uh, Austin Eckler on the ground, 15 carries, and I, I really want to see them keep that up. I don't want him see. I don't want him dipping below double digits anymore in carries. Like I mean, Casey Hayward's good. Just getting back to the
0: Raider secondary, but besides that, even at full health, they aren't good. So make them banged up. You should be shredding them all day long. And I feel like that you saw a lot more targets to the tight ends than I feel like we probably expected going in. There's a lot of top 10 wide receiver fantasy buzz for this week for uh, Mike Williams. Only one catch. Keenan Allen was limited, like really short completions, not a lot of yak. It was a weird game, but I mean, it's a divisional game. Chargers moved to three and one. It's all you can ask for, especially since that crowd was basically all Raiders fans, it seemed
1: like, from the, the TV broadcast.
0: I got a uh, got an Alex
1: Leatherwood stat. I dug oh, one up. God. You ready? <laughs> okay. Here we go. Alex Leatherwood is the lowest PFF rated pass has the lowest PFF pass blocking grade of any rookie offensive tackle since two thousand and six. So oh, good. he is fitting Mike Mayock like a glove. <laughs> but but do you remember? Actually, according to Mike Mayock, wasn't this guy the top offensive offensive lineman in the draft? Actually, ahead of uh, Pene Sewell, Rashawn Slater, Christian Dariuson.
0: Man, I don't even know what to say about that
1: anymore. Lowest since 2006. There has been some busts on offensive lines since 2006. Uh, Jason Smith. Yeah, I I hate to bring it up with you, but yeah, Jason Smith, uh, like Luke Jokel. Uh, Was there another? Greg Robinson? Greg Robinson, perfect. I don't know if he was before 2006, but like Robert Gallery. Yeah, oh, he might have been. I, don't, I think he might have Alex Barron. He was pretty yeah, bad. Alex no, Barron he, he was, was bad. Five though, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's been a lot. And I understand it's only four weeks, but wow. He has been atrocious.
0: Yeah. I mean, for his sake, I feel like long term, he'll probably get kicked in at guard and he'll probably play all right. But like, clearly at this point, he's just outmatched by even like mediocre edge rushers, which is not a good sign especially for a guy who drafted so high, like you said. But maybe that's just Mike Mayock, as you said.
1: Yeah, what, what more do you expect from Mike Mayock? I'd be more shocked if, if Alex Leatherwood was actually playing well, to be honest with you.
0: <laughs> that's fair. I, well, what will you do if what, what, we were going to week five, if end of like 13 weeks from now, the Raiders are like in this position for the number one seed, Alex Leatherwood's turned it around, like number one graded player PFF. Do you have the capacity for that result?
1: No, I will never. I don't care if they win the Super Bowl. I'll never I'll never say a nice thing about Mike Mayock.
0: <laughs> were you this harsh on him when he was at working at NFL Network? I don't think you No, not at all.
1: I was actually a big fan of his. I was happy when the Raiders hired him. I was like, oh, no more, you know, Darius Hayward-Bays in the first round or no more just taking the fastest guy. And what do you know? It's been yeah. all... And it's like Al Davis never left. So I just want to no. keep
0: some context here after your rant from, or <laughs> I wouldn't say rant, your passionate monologue from last episode. does um, some context for the viewers because obviously, like, we go back quite a ways. Like, but pre COVID, me and Josh used to watch every draft together. We thoroughly enjoyed the NFL network pre coverage. So that's why it's so surprising how stark of a 180 his opinion on like Mayock is.
1: No, maybe I shouldn't be so hard on him because I know John Gruden is in his ear. But I mean,
0: they're John you know, Gruden's
1: picks for they sure. Are, they are. John Gruden's picks. I shouldn't be so hard on him. But hey, I got I got to take this anger out on somebody. <laughs> He's a glorified like director of college scouting. Yeah, probably. He's probably making Gruden's coffee. That's probably his job.
0: But is it good coffee? Good coffee is key, man. There's like there's a big difference between good coffee and bad coffee.
1: I don't know but if it's anything like the way he drafts. Ooh. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to drink. I want to, Yeah, I wouldn't want to drink that coffee. <laughs> Probably from
0: yesterday, <laughs> something like that. Um, now, looking forward, we change gears to week five. Um, a few intriguing matchups. We'll start with Thursday night. Uh, Rams. After that ugly loss, of the Cardinals are visiting Seattle. In Seattle, what are you thinking here, Josh?
1: Every part of me wants to take the Rams. And my brain is telling me to take the Rams, but I'm going to take Russell Wilson at home. He's a different animal, and this team is a different animal at home. I'm going to take the Seahawks.
0: Uh, I take the Rams almost for like the inverse reasoning. Um, I will say McVay's had a lot of success against, like, especially compared to league average when it comes to performance in Seattle. They've lost a lot of close, like, the games they've lost in Seattle, notably that 2019 matchup where um, Zerlina's is the field goal, like at the end they're always right there that it'll be a close game i mean i don't i to be surprised if uh, the rams win by a score in a bit but it'll be close it's Rams seahawks something weird will happen i mean one thing i'll look i'm looking forward for the rams is robert woods i mean we might need to put an apb out from at this point like where is that man but i think he'll be the x factor and the rams win a close one uh moving forward to the london game first of the First international game in a while. Uh, First one uh, Uh, post-COVID. Jets-Falcons. Where are you going on this one, Josh?
1: I think i got to take the Jets. I loved what I saw from Zach Wilson last week. I think he continues that effort. Uh, They're getting Elijah Moore back this week. So, yeah, give me the Jets.
0: Um, I'm going to go Falcons just because I think it's let-down game time for the Jets. The Jets aren't at the point where they could string together wins, I don't think. So, give me the Falcons and a somewhat close game. I think it might be a 10-point game and then some garbage time points makes it close to the end, but give me Matt Ryan. Uh, moving on to Texans at home versus the Pats. Josh, where are you going?
1: Yeah, I have to take New England here After what, after the way Davis Mills and that offense imploded last week. New England's defense did a very good job against Tampa Bay last week, so yeah, I'm going to take New England.
0: Um, I'll take the Texans. I think for all those good things I said about Mac Jones, I think it's another letdown game. It's, it's just what happens with rookie quarterbacks. They're up and down. I think uh, last week was a lot of up. I'm expecting a lot of down now. And I think the Texans take advantage. of Maybe a couple turnovers from Mac Jones. I think Davis Mills has a better game. And uh, the Texans win by, I'd say, like a field goal at the end. Uh, moving on to an NFC North divisional battle. Lions are visiting the Vikings. Josh, who do you got?
1: I'm I'm surprised that the the, <clears throat> the Vikings are favored by ten here. Um, I'm going to take Detroit. A lot of a lot of question marks for the Vikings on offense. We still don't know about Dalvin Cook's uh, ankle injury. Um, I think it from what I've heard, high ankle sprain. Those things are very very serious. They linger a lot. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Detroit here.
0: Yeah, those high ankle sprains are like bad because it's not only the ankle into the foot; it's also kind of pulls in your calf a little bit. I can see why the Lions are going to win a game eventually. If this might be it, but I'm going to go with the Vikings. I just think the Vikings have too much on offense. Even with Cook out, I think uh, – who's their run, backup running back? I always forget his name. Alexander think, Madison. Yeah, Alex Madison. I feel like he's he does enough. Dylan and Jefferson are out there, and I just don't think the, uh, the Lions have the personnel to cover them. So I have the Vikings in a surprisingly high-scoring game. Moving on to the Eagles visiting the Panthers. Both teams looking to bounce back. But who does Josh? Who bounces back?
1: Part of me wants to say Carolina, but I don't like the way their offense looks without McCaffrey. Was really impressed with Philly last week. Yeah, I'm going to take Philly here.
0: Um, I have the Panthers. I think this game comes down to, which is kind of weird for a wide receiver corner matchup to uh, dictate a game. But I think DJ Morris's Darius Slay will like how that game, how that matchup turns out, will probably indicate who won the game. Robbie Anderson's been really quiet. He kind of seems to have lost confidence at this point. So I think it's on DJ Moore to carry this pass attack Um, assuming that CMC isn't back because Landry looked pretty bad. Um, But moving forward now to the football team at home versus the Saints. It's so fun saying football team. like It sounds so weird. (laughs) Josh, who do you got?
1: I got to take Washington here. Keep holding out. Hope that their defense is finally going to show up. And hey, who better against the human turnover machine than, you know, James Winston. So uh, yeah, I think they shut down Kamara on the ground, make Winston win it with his arm. He ain't going to do it. He's going to toss a couple of picks. Taylor Heineke has looked phenomenal. Yeah. Give me Washington.
0: Um, I'll take the Saints. Uh, we've been very opposite this episode, very different from the last one. I think that uh, Sean Payton will dial up a game plan, a lot of misdirection. I feel like Washington's going to get to the point where they're almost desperate to be good on defense, where they might start over, Like, if you see a lot of over pursuit, you'll see like a lot of like over aggressiveness. And I think Peyton will know that, take advantage. I I see a lot of play action coming this game. And I think uh, Jameis has enough to overcome what's left of that elite defense from last year. Uh, Moving on to what's perpetually the most boring matchup every year Titans, Jaguars. (laughs) Who do you got?
1: I'm going to take Jaguars. Yeah. Oh. I uh yeah, upset. Yeah, they should have won that. They should have won last week versus the Bengals. The Titans defense is absolutely atrocious and man, the Titans got too many question marks uh on offense with the health of AJ Brown and Julio. Um I the way that Jacksonville was able to shut down Joe Mixon last week, obviously I don't expect that same result against Derrick Henry, but I think you'd be surprised.
0: Um as much as the Titans are all over the places here, I'll still go with Jackson or no sorry I'll still go with Tennessee what I'm kind of thinking right now is how distracted is that Jaguars team with what we talked about with Urban Meyer Um, I was reading I think it was Michael Lombardi on Twitter he was mentioning that there's been no football related meetings between the coaches in the front office this week it's all been about what transpired over the weekend and er into early this week I think the Titans just I think the Jaguars will will be kind of all over the place um, but I think the Titans get it done this week uh, moving on to the Dolphins, i still without two of this week. Have to go to Tampa Bay. Not too far, but they're playing Tom, B- Tom Brady and the Bucs. Who do you got?
1: Yeah, the Bucs. Um, Tom Brady's always had Miami's number his whole career. I expect this to be no different. Really think this offense gets back on track. And uh, yeah, they're going to completely shut down that run game in Miami. Not that there's much of one anyways, but me I make Jacoby reset winning with his arm. Not going to happen. Tampa Bay easily.
0: Uh yeah, I'm not gonna disagree with this one here. We have the same pick, Buccaneers. I don't have much to add to that. Uh yeah, the Buccaneers are a better team. Even if Tua was healthy, I don't think this game would be very close. Bucks win. Uh moving on to Packers at Bengals. Who do you got?
1: I'm gonna take the Packers. The Bengals without Joe Mixon really concern me. Uh, i don't think they're gonna have much of a much of a running game at all this week with Piron and maybe chris Evans factors in but uh i'm actually a fan of uh Green Bay secondary i think it's actually very underrated i think you know a guy was pretty hard on rookie eric Stokes he's been surprisingly good to start this season so uh yeah he's got a really
0: couple really bad pi calls like bad and like they shouldn't have been pi
1: and uh you know i don't know what the hell status of uh alexander is but right. um That's but but still give me give me green bay give me aaron rodgers here
0: yeah, I don't think p Ryan can really do much. I know a lot of people are looking at him as a potential like RB2 guy for fantasy this week. I don't see it. I don't see a lot of paths besides Burrow playing out of his mind. And then it was one of these auxiliary weapons uh, wide out for the Bengals have to play big. And I just don't see it. So I will also go Packers. Uh, moving to the last game of the early slate, we got Broncos at Steelers. I have a feeling I know where we're both going. Who do you got?
1: I'm going Pittsburgh.
0: Never mind. Just kidding. I take that back.
1: (laughs) As surprising as that is, You know, if we see Drew Locke, um, which I think we will, Teddy did suffer a concussion. Yeah, the Steelers have had a tough schedule so far. You know, they've had to face Buffalo, who they ended up beating. Lost to the Raiders, Bengals, and the Packers. I mean, those are some pretty solid teams right there. So, uh, yeah, they're going to get it right, and they're going to be all over Drew Locke. Yeah, Pittsburgh.
0: I'm going Broncos. I have a nice bold prediction this game that both teams will score a defensive touchdown. And I think the Broncos, I think that, I don't know. I just have a feeling that the Broncos will get enough done that they'll beat the Steelers. I, just, I don't know. At this point, I'm just kind of fully out in the Steelers. So I don't really think I'll pick them any game going forward. But uh, yeah, I'll go Broncos for no really good reason. <laughs> Moving on to Bears, Raiders. Who you got?
1: I got to go with the Raiders here. Justin Fields hasn't shown me anything at all to get excited about. Um, I thought the Raiders were decent last week versus the Chargers. Uh, they hung around that game when they really shouldn't have, but I expect them to get right this week. And yeah, like I said, Justin Fields hasn't shown me anything to get excited about. I got to take the Raiders.
0: Um, I will also take the Raiders um, because this game really for the Bears comes down to whether, assuming Montgomery's out, I don't know if they've made a decision on that yet. I, um, I
1: believe so. Yeah.
0: It's all on Damian Williams. And I, besides what the, the one game was the Super Bowl, to be fair, but besides the one game, we don't really know if he's capable. And I just, I, I just don't, I wouldn't bet on that. So I'm going to take the Raiders as well. Um, down in LA, the Browns are coming to town. Josh, where you got?
1: Got to take the Chargers here. I mean, there's no way I can take, I can take Cleveland with what we saw from Baker last week. I think that shoulder injury, granted it's on his non-throwing shoulder. I, I think it must be serious because I've never seen him play that bad of a game. So yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers easily. I will take the Browns.
0: I think it, it's all about defense of the running game. I think they won't ask too much from Baker because if they do that, I can see them making a couple mistakes against this Chargers defense. That's playing very well. Staley's doing his thing with them. I think their defense – see, the key is it's not that you'll completely stop Justin Herbert at this point. I think you just limit him. You make him Nicholas his diamonds way down the field, more opportunity for mistakes, more opportunities for sacks, for that pass rush. And I think if you keep the ball on the ground, control the time of possession – and I think this might be the first game where the Chargers successfully charger their way into losing. Uh, moving on to, I don't know, Fox Six is the game of the week. I don't know if I agree. Giants, Cowboys, who do you got?
1: Yeah, I got the Cowboys here. Offensive oh, yeah. line has looked too great. I expect Zeke and Pollard to absolutely run all over the Giants here. But I think this. I, I think maybe we see Dallas's defense maybe regress a little bit in this game. I, yeah. I personally, I like what I saw from the Giants on offense. On um, the offensive side of the ball so far. But so, yeah, but you know, I'm still going to take Dallas because you know what? Zeke and Pollard and that offensive line are just, they're just too good. I, I don't know how anyone's going to stop these guys.
0: Yeah, I will also go uh, Cowboys. I think this game will be close to like half. And I think the, sec- the second half, the Cowboys really put their foot in the gas and show how much better of a team they are. I, I, I expect less turnovers because I think Dallas has benefited defensively. Like, not like their raw stats aren't great it's been the turnovers that's kind of kept them afloat a little bit. And I think, I think that's the lack of turnovers keeps it close for a while, but at the end, the Cowboys pull away. Uh, the other, the, for the second straight week, we got two NFC West matchups. Um, the second one this week, Niners at Cardinals. Who do you got?
1: I got to take Arizona here. We don't know what the status of Jimmy G's injury is. You know, if he does play, it'll be less than hundred percent. And if he doesn't, it's going to be, you know, Trey Lance in his first start. Um, yeah, not after what I saw last week. No, thank you, Cardinals.
0: Uh, I'm gonna take the Niners upset special. I think the same way the Rams had a letdown game after the Bucks game, I think they have a letdown game again after the Rams game. I think that 49ers defense does enough, even though everybody seems to get injured all the time. I will, I think D'Amico Ryan's is enough, scheme, scheme them, scheming them up. And uh, I think Fred Warner's and the boys will get it done and keep the game close enough for the. For Kyle Shannon to draw something up at the end and get the job done. Uh, moving on to the Sunday night game, Bills at Chiefs. Josh, who are you going here?
1: Wow, this is gonna be the game of the year, really? Um, you think so? Which probably means it's gonna be like a six to three game, but when,
0: uh, yeah, that's fair. When does the game of the year ever live up to game of the year besides like Rams, Chiefs? And like the, yeah, MVP? I was gonna
1: say Rams, Chiefs, like I still, yeah, we all still remember that one, but uh, you know what. I'm, I'm going to take the Bills here. I'm going to take the upset here. I do not like what Kansas City has done on defense. Yeah, give me Josh Allen. I really like what the Bills are doing on D here. And uh, this is going to be a very, very high scoring game.
0: Oh, I agree. Um, I think, obviously, the Chiefs, regardless of how good your defense is, usually the Chiefs will find a way to score. Obviously, the Chiefs' defense is not good, but it's enough that I still take the Chiefs against the Bills. I think. Josh Allen has another up and down performance, which against the Chiefs' defense will appear to be great, just because the stats will still be like so off the charts. But I, if it comes down to Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen, give me Mahomes every time, and that's why I'm going Chiefs. Uh, last game, Colts at Ravens on Monday night. Um, Josh, where are you going?
1: I guess I'll go Baltimore here. I like. I don't feel great oh, about that because like I'm 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 a fan of the Colts defense. I think it's I think it's solid, but man, I'm really just not a fan of that offense. I, I don't think they're gonna get a whole lot done on the ground versus the Ravens this week. If you're really gonna put it in Carson Wentz's hands. Uh yeah, no thank you. Um yeah, yeah give me the Ravens.
0: I'm also going ravens. I think this game has blow up potential. Um, it'll probably be close. I feel like it's a lot of these primetime games end up being closer than they should be. But Ravens are a better team playing better right now. And I don't think the Colts have the speed on defense to keep up. And then the Colts don't have have enough on offense to really put up the points to keep pace. So I got Ravens in this one. All right. That will do it for our picks, our recaps and this episode. So thank you for tuning in to the first 32 podcast. I'm normal. He's Josh. Thanks for listening.